1: Hello and indeed ho. You're listening to Pop Teak on Soho Radio with yours truly, Matthew Richardson. And my ever-reliable, ever-steady, ever-ready cohorts, Nancy D. Matthews. Hello. And Alison Dennison.
0: Yours truly, Alison
1: Dennison. Oh yes. Surely you know the score by now. We're here to chat movies, play music and set the world to rights. And not necessarily in that order. Ladies, which of those do you like doing the most?
2: Probably setting the world to rights. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'll go with you. I don't want to other
1: one out. Bloody world. The world. What's it like? Forget about the world. We've got a winter warmer of a show this month. I've put together 12 spectacular suggestions of things to see and celebrate this month of December as we prepare to kiss goodbye to blooming 2020. Yeah, you ready to kiss it goodbye? Yeah. Had an upper 2020.
2: 2020? Oh, t- 2020's been such a good year, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, what happened? Such good stuff. So many good things.
1: Well, look, I've got the Go-Go's to play for you, just like I did 12 months ago. On the show 12 months ago, we kicked off with the Go-Go's, the last uh... poptique of 2019. We're going to kick it off with the last of 2020. I want you all to run to your rooms right now. Are you running to your rooms? Can you hear that scuttling sound as they run to their rooms? And once in there, I want you to put on your most day-glow garment, ping a fluorescent sweatband around your head, and get ready to do a Day Glow Pogo. Are you ready to do Day Go Plogos? Dayglow Pogo? <laughs>
0: day Glow Plogo. Day Glow Pogo.
1: So do your best to day Glow pogo to head over heels. A song from the Go Go's that couldn't sum up the last twelve months better if it was called Arse Over T.
0: Oh, it feels like a lot longer than a year since we heard that. That is, yeah, it feels like 20 years maybe, 21 years, I'd say.
2: Yeah, it's like the most bizarre measuring of time this last year because in a way, obviously it's been very eventful, but like personally very little's happened because, you know, indoors and whatnot. And then you look back and you think that was a year ago and that feels, yeah, that feels like a lifetime. That feels like many lifetimes.
1: Yeah, they should have called this year plenty, plenty instead of 2020 because we've had plenty... Plenty of nonsense. There There you go.
0: Oh my God.
1: But I think everyone's breathing a nice sigh of relief, aren't they? Because we're at the end of the year. We're at the end of 2020.
0: That's not how it works, man. We're just us. Doesn't have a calendar.
1: Okay, everyone's petrified. Everyone's petrified. They're staying indoors. <laughs> they don't want to leave. It's winter. It's cold. It is cold. When did you put your heating on?
2: What do you mean in the year?
1: Yeah, when did you get it on? I tried to keep it on all the way through. I wasn't going to do it till November, but I think I buckled. We
2: did it in like late October. There was that cold spell. Whenever the cold spell was, we were like, okay. That's enough. Now's the time, but we're pretty sparing with our heating. Am I? So that's
1: good. Is that because you're burning coal, like Bob Cratchit?
2: uh yeah, my anger burns greater than any radiator can.
1: (laughs) You just self-heat the flat just by getting cross about things. Yeah. Well, look, we're not going to get cross this episode. Yeah, Christmas is coming. Yeah. In fact, if you're listening to this show on the repeat airing when it goes out on Soho Radio. It'll be Boxing Day already. Yeah. Ladies, can you imagine? What are you going to be feeling like or doing on Boxing Day? Hungover, fat, Mm.
2: hopefully satisfied, maybe
1: depressed. That sounds like an average Boxing Day. That sounds sexy. I'll be drowning in Lego, I think. Ouch. You know, like the lady in the lake from Excalibur? Mm -mm. I'll be like that, except it'll be Lego, not a lake, and it'll be like a white flag of surrender. I'll be waving it. Nice. Nice. That
0: also sounds sexy. But I might have forgotten what sexy is, (laughs) so... Been a long year, oh. yeah. This has not been the year for
1: sexy, <laughs> yeah. No one brought sexy back this year. Sexy
2: got put away,
1: yeah. you put it, he took it, yeah. He had it,
2: it's on the
1: shelf. He's got it in a box somewhere, a little sexy box. Well, look, I wanted to do something light and airy for the show. Something fun, you up for some fun, yeah. Who's up for fun? Fun's great, isn't it? I love a bit of fun. Something filled with festivity and seasonal bunting and frolic, yeah. Bunting and frolic,
2: okay. Bring out the bunting.
1: Bring out the bunting. Bring out the branston. So I've come up with something exceptional. Check this out. We all know the 12 days of Christmas. We've heard it so many blooming times. Let's be honest. Once you get north of five gold rings, it all gets a bit muddled, doesn't it, really?
0: Speak for yourself.
1: I'm going to give you 12 brand new replacements for those old hat lyrics. Instead of the 12 days of Christmas, you know what we're going to have? What? (laughs) You can tell how excited Nancy is. Look, I think she's already hitting up the room.
2: I'm just curious.
1: It's the 12 yays of Christmas. Oh,
2: yay, okay, The 12 <laughs>
1: yays of Christmas. I'm going to give us 12 things that we can say yay about during the oh, month to celebrate. nice. And also, it means, right, that we're not being specific to Christmas. All the other seasonal and commercial events that we have now in December, you can apply them to this as well, right? So we're going to have 12 yays of Christmas. So there's going to be no drummers drumming, okay. no geese are laying I like the Lords are Leaping. Yeah, they were my those best Who wants Lords are Leaping and geese a-laying anyway? Can you imagine? Uh, we have lockdown free come January and you've got six geese a-laying around the flat. They are quite dangerous.
0: I like eggs. Yeah, yeah. You like eggs, but imagine the mess. I'm with Nancy on this. Yeah? Eggs are good. Eggs are good. The geese, the geese
2: are very aggressive. They're very aggressive.
1: Exactly. Um,
2: They're very aggressive animals.
1: Do you want to be stuck in a flat with six hungover geese? <laughs> That are angry that you took their eggs the other day that's
2: just an average tuesday okay
1: well look instead of six keys to lane to give you an example of where we're going with this we're going to have six archies leeching six archies leeching
2: that sounds a little bit gross
1: yeah we're going to go places where perhaps you might not want to go okay. but we're still going to go there are you you happy to go there with me yeah okay
0: <laughs> Matt, cool. why do you always yeah. ask this?
1: I, I need to check first and make sure you've signed the written agreements So there's no comeback onto me Once we've all agreed on this, boom, we can venture forth We've got a lot of built-up angst and agitation from the year Like you say, Nancy, you're able to heat your flat Just by the anxiety and aggression that 2020 has voiced upon you Yeah? Yeah If we're going to celebrate properly the festive season Surely we need a bit of catharsisism, don't we? To get it out of our system. Yes. Okay. Cool. Beforehand, is there anything you want to get off your chests before I think, we get happy?
2: I think to get it off your chest, Matt, you should say
1: catharsism ten times. Catharsisms. <laughs> Catharsis. I'm going to get angry if you make me do that. That just makes me realise my shortcomings. Aww. Oh no. Good lord. <laughs> oh, no. Right, because I've got something that's going to help us get all of that out of the way before we get all happy. Have you heard gorillas? Kind of song machine they did this year. They did an album called Song Machine, or well, not really an album because who does albums anymore? Albums are so twentieth century. For twenty twenty, they did a thing called Song Machine, a whole collection of songs and stuff. And they did a song called Momentary Bliss with the Slaves and Slow Tie. Have you heard that? Mm-hmm. You've heard it. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on it, Alison? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I, remember. <laughs> I remember it. And that says something.
1: Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's going to be quite melancholy, yeah? But it's not melancholy, it's quite angry. Dutch, we're going to play that for our sense of capacitism. Get that out of the way, and then we're going to get into the show. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Let me see your angry faces. Give me an angry face. No. Wow. That's just your normal face.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's It's being recorded.
1: So much better than this. Bliss. We could do so much better than this. All talk, all hey, that came out in January. Can you believe it? Yep. It's all about turkey twizzlers and you deserve school dinners, and it's like a very prophetic. It's like Damon allbrand' who's Nostradamus or something in that song.
2: Damon allbrand
1: Damon allbrand from the Gorillaz. Ah,
2: oh, is that a mocking
1: name? Yeah, man, that's a cheeky name for him. I get it. <laughs> it came out of a cheeky name for him. I
2: like it nearly past me
1: that one so what we're going to do is mark off our 12 yays our 12 special anniversaries new releases new seasons on the big screen in london anniversaries for things that came out in december's past so do you want me to give you a rundown of the 12 yays of christmas or should we just go into it we can pick random ones and you can find out what i've got for you as they come
0: as they come as they come just be careful matt do
1: whatever feels safest. <laughs> do you, what do you want to do, right? Should we go straight into this? Should we call one out? Call one out. Give me a number. Any number between one and twelve. Eleven. 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 It would have to be eleven. That's right at the end of my script, you know. Eleven. We have eleven loonies tuning. Eleven loonies tuning. What do you think I'm going to be talking about there? Oh, loony spoons. Loony spoons, loony tunes. Ye. December is the anniversary of two of my all-time favorite Looney Tunes cartoons, although actually one of them is a merry melody, so don't feel too harsh against me. Have you ladies seen Bugs Bunny in The Rabbit of Seville?
2: I have seen a bit of it.
1: You've seen a bit of it.
2: I have been to Seville. You've been. To- and I have seen a bit of the cartoon. Ooh. And together, that is enough. Yeah.
1: <laughs> when you were in Seville, did you see any rabbits?
2: Not that I was aware of.
1: Not you were aware of. Well, the rabbit in question here is Bugs Bunny. This is a Bugs Bunny cartoon with Elmer Fudd. Now, when I was growing up, these films were on rotation the whole time. And I learned a lot about classical music just via Warner Brothers cartoons. This one is entirely built around what? Seville. Yeah, but the barber of Seville, the Mozart. So this is one where Bugs Bunny is chased onto the stage of the Hollywood Bowl and performs the whole opera in six minutes and completely destroys Alma Fudd during it. It's one of my favourites, but...
0: Yeah, it's the Barber of Seville. It's the Barber of Seville, yeah, exactly. A bizarre version. You might want to say by Rossini, because it's not by Mozart, it's by
1: Rossini. Yeah, did you say Mozart? Oh, the Barber... I'm getting it mixed up. The Marriage of Figaro is Mozart, isn't it? You're very mixed Rossini up. Rossini did the Barber of Seville.
0: It's nothing to do with the Marriage of Figaro. Oh, <laughs> stop in, stop well, that just Baltimore. goes to show you... The Marriage of... Somebody's got into your head with uh, The Marriage of Figaro there.
1: I'm sure he drops him in a cake at the end.
0: That doesn't mean it's...
1: I'm sure. I'll have to rewatch this. He drops him in a cake at the end.
2: Yeah, but there's probably references to other operas, I'm sure. But it is the Barber of Seville, and it's set in Seville. There's a whole Spanish theme. So I would be surprised if The Marriage of Figaro took any...
1: Don't worry. I'm not going to... I'm going to remove all that stuff. That's all coming out.
2: (laughs) No, I love it.
1: (laughs) That came out in December the 16th, 1950. Five years later, one of the most legendary Warner Brothers cartoons came out, One Froggy Evening. Have you ever seen One Froggy Evening?
0: Yes, I have, because he sent me the link. And I watched it. Yes. It was very depressing.
1: It is depressing.
0: Is this a popular cartoon? Yeah. And I watched it. I was like, oh, there needs to be more jokes in this for the amount of just like yeah. depression that comes from it. This guy gets like, destroyed several times. Yeah. And it's like oh, one and a half weeks in it.
1: It's a cartoon <laughs> about the sent into madness, essentially, isn't it?
0: Wait, this is, hello, my
2: baby. Hello, my, that one.
1: It's that one, Nancy.
2: And he swings the thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I have seen that,
1: but I saw it as a child. Ah. Yes. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear you've seen that.
2: So I didn't find it as macabre as uh, Alison, but oh. probably because I was ignorant and stupid and thought there was a yeah. song and a frog.
0: Uh, you saw it through a child's eye. The rest went over
2: my head.
1: So, what, give me the plot, Nancy. What happens in One Frog Evening? Yeah, I saw it when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll refresh your memory. A builder discovers in the cornerstone of a building that's being knocked down that's a it. box, and inside the box is a frog, and the frog leaps out, and the frog starts immediately singing vaudeville songs from the turn of the century. And the guy's like, I'm going to make a fortune with this singing frog.
2: Is he sort of singing to save his life a bit?
1: No, he just sings. He sings impromptu. He just sings. The catch is this, is that he only sings and only performs in front of this builder. Like that builder takes him to a theatrical agent and he refuses to sing in front of the theatrical agent. As soon as he's booted out of the office, the frog starts singing again. He takes all of his money from under his bed and he buys a theatre so he can put a performance on and he puts everything on and then the frog's singing and da-da-da-da-da. And as soon as the curtain's raised... Frog Stop Singing.
2: It's a metaphor for madness yes.
1: and the derailing of a mind. Exactly. Which, again, perfect for 2020, really. I found out the other day, and I didn't know this, So supposedly it's based on a Cary Grant film, uh, Once Upon a Time, in which Cary Grant plays a theatrical empresario who finds a dancing caterpillar and tries to put him on the stage. Ah. That's a film I've never seen. I didn't even realise it had that connection. Yeah. So that's something to sort out. That's 11 Looney's Tuning. So there you go, that's one. And we're really flying now, aren't we? So can I have another number now we've done 11? What's our next one? Four. Four, I've got four balls of thundering. Oh, nice. Four balls of thundering. What do you think I'm talking about there?
2: I know it's not Tropic Thunder. But I haven't got anything else.
1: Alison, got <laughs> any guesses? Four balls of thundering.
0: Thundering balls. Well, could it be Indiana Jones where the ball comes down the thunderball thing? No.
1: No? It's not. No? I'm going to play something and maybe you'll know what it is then. Maybe <laughs> I'm going to play Shirley Bassey singing Mr Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> we're back now. It's not Goldeneye, it's not Goldeneye. If it's Shirley Batty singing Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, who could Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang be? Who's she talking about there? The dentist. Not a dentist. Oh. Can you imagine a dentist whose slogan was Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Surely would be barred from practising.
2: <laughs> It'd be a lot of fun. It'd
1: be a lot of fun.
2: Other than Bond, I don't know who else It's is.
1: Bond! It's Bond, Nancy. <laughs> Bond! But Alison said Bond. Bond! I didn't. She said Goldeneye. Right. I've been, I've
2: been hilariously
1: avoiding saying Bond. Oh,
2: intentionally. I see. That's fun.
1: Four balls of thundering. It's Thunderball, the fourth James Bond movie.
0: Who's in Thunderball?
1: Sean Connery's in Thunderball. Yeah. It's from Connery's fourth bomb movie.
0: Pre-Roger Moore.
1: Pre-Moore. There you go. The song we just played, Mr. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, that's from Fundable, but it's not actually from Fundable. That was going to be the theme to go over the titles, but then they had to re-record it for some reason and Shirley Bassey wasn't available, so they got Dionne Warwick in to re-record it and then they didn't even use it anyway. And they got Tom Jones to sing Thunderball.
0: Because he did that really long note and then he passed out or didn't pass out or one of the two. Did he? Did a really long note. Did he? He passed out. There's some anecdote about him doing a really long note and something either happening or not happening. (laughs) It's hilarious. It's a really good anecdote. Just ask Tom Jones about it. Can
1: you imagine the conversation he had with his wife that evening? What did you do at work today? Well, I sang Ball for ages and then I fainted.
2: I'll try and do it for the rest of the show, guys. You keep talking and I'll just do yeah. ball for the next hour.
1: Just keep your window it. open so you don't faint. I won't
0: do it. Oh, I would love to lean out of a window and shut ball. See what happens. You can do it. Alison, we go do it.
1: This one came at the height of the Bond craze. The name of the song, Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, came from a reference to Bond's character in an Italian article about them. Oh, I get it. By this point, they were making Bond movies all over the world. We'll get into all that stuff on another episode. If and when they finally release the James Bond movie that was supposed to come out this year.
2: Daniel Craig will be 105 when they release it. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly, yeah. He wouldn't be able to do another one, even if he wanted to, by the point when they bring that one out. Is he
2: supposed to do another
1: one? This is going to be his last one. Good. Yeah, exactly. Good. <laughs> Also released in the same month, December 1965, was The Flight of the Phoenix with James Stewart and Richard Attenborough. You ever seen that? I don't think so. It's a very male film. It's good. It's good. I've
0: seen Flight of the Navigator.
1: It's not like Flight of the Navigator. It's a bunch of people with their plane crashes in the middle of the desert. They go mad as well. Lots of films of people going mad this month. I like Richard Attenborough. He's very good in that film, Flight of the Phoenix. I mean, can you imagine a combo of Richard Attenborough and Jimmy Stewart? In a movie that's got to be good
0: oh i can't imagine it
1: yeah well it happened and it was good and also released December 1965. Dr Zhivago. That's a long film. Dr Zhivago.
2: That film is longer than this year. It really is. Julie Christie looks the same from start to finish, and it's supposed to be about 30 years covered. <laughs>
1: anyway.
2: And she didn't bathe once.
1: You're you, you are both looking the same as you did back in January. Thank you. I mean, that's not a compliment. I don't think no, that's exactly. true. It wasn't meant as one. It wasn't meant as <laughs> one. Good. Right, there you go. That's your four balls of thundering. Thanks. Just a quick nod to Sean Connery, who left us this year.
2: My favourite Bond.
1: Your favourite Bond?
2: The only Bond there is, really. Not necessarily as a person, the best of men, I do understand, but loving this Bond.
1: As a screen presence of one of a kind, really.
2: My dad always said about Sean Connery, and I think it's a good thing to say about him too, he could really
0: walk. Oh, yeah, very good point. He
2: had a very good walk. Yeah, and a lot of actors and a lot of that era of Hollywood, it was all about the walk and the movement. And he was very good at that. And also, he was my boyfriend's grandmother's milkman. Before he was anything. Yeah. What? That's all I have in my repertoire in terms of Sean Con.
1: He was your boyfriend's grandmother's milkman
2: in Edinburgh. Wowzers. Or
0: near Edinburgh. He was a milkman and a and a male model, wasn't he as well? A, a life yeah. model, a nude model.
1: The ladies loved him. At the same time. I tell you what. If you were a sparrow, you wouldn't want to try and pop the cream out of one of his bottles, would have you?
0: I don't know what that's, where that's going. That's not.
1: No, I don't know either. In my mind, that was a great comment to make, but um.
0: A milk reference.
1: Yeah, the word came out and it wasn't very <laughs> good. Good. Right. We've done four balls of thundering. What's next? Give me another number. Say, Nancy? We've got 12 days to get through. Six. Six. The number six. Six Archie's leeching. Six Archie's leeching. And <laughs> Nancy, you look like an Archie's leeching off you right now.
2: Yeah, that's a horrible phrase.
1: To make this more apt to what we're going to talk about, I was going to say six Katie's hopping. That's all right. But I thought you might mishear me and think I was talking about that rude lady. And I didn't want to talk about that rude lady. Ah. Maybe Katie's hepping might be more apt. If I'm saying Katie's Hepping, what film... Are... I've lost you.
0: I genuinely don't know what you're talking about anymore.
1: Absolutely no clue. And we've seen the list. Do you know what film is? 80 years old this month. It was released in December 1940. Catherine Hepburn.
0: Right. Oh, I see.
1: Cary Grant. There's your Archie's Leeching. And Jimmy Stewart again in yeah. The Philadelphia Story. Right. It's not about the cheese. It's not about the cheese spread. <laughs> What's it about?
0: It's about a society wedding where things go awry. Ooh, I've seen it, and it's a good film, and everybody's very charming in it. Do
1: you want to hear an interesting factoid about the Philadelphia Story? Yes, do I? Do you know this about Catherine Hepburn that for a period in the 1930s her career sort of nosedived? And do you remember why? What she was termed? What they nicknamed her? or not.
0: Shall we say it together? Yeah, she was box, box office I mean, poison. poison.
1: Box Office Poison, Nancy. Do you remember that? You ever heard of that?
2: I I hadn't. I knew she had a dip. She had a what?
1: A dip. She had a dip, love. A dip. A dip. (laughs) A bunch of Hollywood journalists. They put a very mean list together in the mid to late 30s about which film stars were Box Office Poison, which ones were just not going to bring in the punters. Not
0: very nice, is it?
1: And at the top of the list was our friend Katie Hepper's. Katharine Hepburn was at the top of that list. So do you know what she did? What? Yeah. She went off. She said bums to Hollywood. She thought, I'm going to go back onto the stage where I came from for a bit. So she chipped off. She found one of the best plays around, The Philadelphia Story. She did the stage production. It was a huge hit doing something like over 400 performances. And then, of course, Hollywood came to town wanting to buy that. Who owned the rights to it? katie heppers Ah, she bought the rights to it before she did the stage production so she had a few people helping out there and advising her but she took the proverbial bull by the horns and reignited her screen career off her own back that's something to admire isn't it
0: it is the only thing i don't like about the philadelphia story is if you listen carefully to the plot and follow it the moral of the story is that if your dad cheats on your mum, it's your fault that is what she's forced to accept in the end because of her cold behaviour. Okay. She was she drove her father to cheat. And that's that's the resolution of the story. That genuinely is if you
1: watch the film. Well, yeah, okay.
2: That's a lovely Christmas message, isn't it?
1: That's a lovely Christmas message, isn't yes. it?
2: We should all bear that in mind. Christmas cheer. Right there.
1: So there you go. Six Archies leaching, leeching, leeching, or six. Now, Katie's hopping. You can have either. Which one would you rather take away and put in your new version of the 12 Days of Christmas? Katie's. Katie's hopping. Hopping or hepping? Hepping. Katie's hepping. There's no confusion then. All right, good. Well, there you go. That's six. New number, please, ladies. Five uh, gold. Lassoos. Oh. Five golden lassoos. Five golden lassos. If I'm saying five golden lassos, who the heck am I talking about five golden lassos? Tom Mix. Tom Mix. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh Nancy, that? I thought you of all people would get this one. Five golden lassos. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's got a golden lasso. Oh, mate. Wonder Woman, 84. No, do you know
2: why? Why? I've suppressed it because I have to protect myself, Matt. Oh, man. I have to protect my
1: expectations. Well, really. It's been
2: a long year
1: in terms of Wonder Woman. Well, you don't have much longer to wait now, right? Because if you're listening to this as it goes out on Soho Radio for the first time, it's the 10th of December, a mere six days from now, on the 16th. Wonder Woman 1984 is going to be out at the pictures. You'll be able to go to the cinema and see Wonder Woman 1984. How does that make you feel? I
2: mean, I just... I never thought this day would come, yeah. and I'm protecting myself. It hasn't come yet. Well, that's exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to hold my celebrations until I am bum in seat, Wonder Woman on screen, popcorn in mouth. I thought it was Christmas Day, but is that America?
1: So We'll, we'll get to that a bit, but I think in this country it's the 16th. The trailer said Christmas Day. If I'm wrong, you've got another 10 days to wait. Come on, we've waited long enough. Do you know it was supposed to originally come out last Christmas?
2: Yeah. Like it was basically ages.
1: 84 years ago.
2: Yeah. And they decided to do like some reshoots and stuff uh, or like some kind of tweaking. And then they said it'll be summer. And then obviously this all happened.
1: Oh, well, let's hope it's worth the wait. I don't think it will be. You don't think it will be? (laughs) I think it's going to be like a lot of these movies. And what they generally deliver is the first time out when you see it on the big screen, you can look past a lot of the problems with it. It's like I loved Wonder Woman 1 at the cinema Wonder Woman 1 when I watched it on Blu-ray I didn't love it quite so much
2: yeah I well Wonder Woman 1 was an arguably okay film I mean you compare it to other superhero films that have been recently released it's actually one of the better ones critically as well like it was one of the best received
1: good cast
2: yeah, yeah. and it was structured the script wasn't too bad you know you compare it to something like Avengers the reason I remember that is because a lot was made about how successful I mean it wasn't the first that was successful with a female lead but it was a female lead and a female director Director, and it was arguably successful both financially and critically, which is good. The problem is the second one doesn't look as good, and the sequels are never as good, and also nothing is worth this wait. Nothing.
1: To <laughs> you No, know, I disagree. This has the potential to be better because they haven't got to be bogged down with all the origin nonsense, which frankly I get tired with. I just like them to cut to the chase. So maybe they're going to get to do that with this one. And just have fun with it and play with it.
2: Maybe, but the sequels are always
1: worse. Yeah, maybe.
2: Can you think of a recent superhero film where the sequel is better?
1: I can't think of a recent superhero film that's that good. Do
2: you know what? I'll disprove my own point. Thor Ragnarok. That was a good sequel. Yeah. That's rare.
1: But that's what I mean. See, before Ragnarok, everything is set up. So they're in a position to start playing with it. So that's what maybe you're going to get with this one.
2: I just don't agree with this theory because it was good. Not because of that. It was good because it was better written. It took a whole new kind of genre. And it was like the third or fourth Thor-based film. Second ones are always bad. Anyway, we'll see.
1: Come on, Nancy, it's Christmas. Let's hope for the best.
2: Oh, i still going to see it. I'm still going to see it.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's like getting a really lovely big present still in the wrapping paper and you're giving it a rattle and you're thinking this could be a good one. That's how I'm approaching it. Yeah. Well, one thing I do want to quickly touch upon is that because, as you correctly said, in America, it's coming out on the 24th and it's being simultaneously released on HBO Max ah. for streaming at the same time. Have you heard the latest news of what Warner Brothers have announced? No. Warner Brothers are announcing that all their major films next year, we're talking Dune, we're talking Matrix 4, Godzilla versus King Kong, how major is that? Suicide Squad, they're all going to follow the same pattern. They will all debut at the cinema and on streaming the same day going forwards during 2021. What do you think about that?
2: I think that's very interesting. I'm happy that they're doing that because I'm tired of this constant waiting for them to hold off to get their money back. But I'm curious as to how they're going to get their money back.
0: It's bad news for cinemas, isn't it? Mm.
1: Yeah, I don't quite understand why they don't just do a week at the cinemas and then onto streaming, just stagger it a bit. You know, that's not helping all the theatres that are open at the moment that are stayed open and have reopened. It's a bit of a kick in their teeth to them but yeah it's not good for cinemas i agree pretty scroogey tastic news so let's not dwell on that it's not much of a yay to say there. although yay wonder woman's coming out yay
2: yeah
1: also we've not played anything festive this episode at all yet do you want to hear something festive
2: yeah yeah
1: here's christmas is a coming from lead belly and we can all empathize with lead bellies over christmas can't we
0: yes Christmas is a-coming, and it's a-jumping, Christmas is a-coming, and it's a-jumping, Christmas is a-coming, and it's a-jumping, boy it won't be long, chicken close that
1: was five a- gold rings. Another number please, ladies.
2: What's... I can't remember what's left.
1: We've done 11, 4, 6 and 5. I'll leave it up to you to work out what we've got left to do. Eight. Eight. We have... <laughs> hang on. We have eight eyes are popping <laughs> Eight eyes are popping What am I talking about if I'm talking about eyes are popping I'm talking about Popeye I'm talking about Popeye I'm Talking about Robin Williams a bit. I'm talking about Popeye Did you know that They made a Popeye film They made a Popeye Did you know this a Oh, real people. Robin Williams yeah. was Popeye in this film. Have you ever seen the Popeye film?
2: No. It was during his Flubber era, wasn't it? It was
1: sort of... No, this is his not his feature film debut, but his starring feature film debut. Really? This is the first film that starred Robin Williams. Yeah. Up to this point, he was most well-known for Mork and Mindy. And this is him transitioning over to becoming a, a film star, essentially. Oh, my goodness. They made this as a musical. This is a Popeye musical. It's not really based upon the Popeye cartoons. He doesn't even like spinach in this film. He's disgusted with the idea of spinach. It's based upon the original comic strip. So it's not a comic book movie. This is a newspaper comic strip movie. Very odd thing, this. Robin Williams plays Popeye and Shelley Duvall plays Olive Oil. Mm -hmm. The soundtrack was by Harry Nilsson, who I really got into during lockdown. Mm supposedly he broke off from doing an album he was recording at the time called Flash Harry, spent like a month off his boobs and wrote the soundtrack to Popeye. It's pretty good, the soundtrack to Popeye. But in the film itself, they're all bombastically overproduced by a guy called Van Dyke Parks, who is an orchestration type guy who worked with Brian Wilson on the Smile album. The song I'm going to play you is called He Needs Me. Shelley Deval sings He Needs Me in character as Olive Oil to Popeye. Aww. You may be familiar with it from... The Paul Thomas Anderson film with Adam Sadler, uh, Punch Drunk Love. <laughs> what? I, but I prefer the demo version that came out on a special edition album a few years back. So, do you fancy having a little listening to the recording session with Shelley DeVale being coached by the author of He Needs Me, Harry Nielsen? Aww.
0: sounds lovely. It's
1: too long. Just get off him, you know? Okay. Oh. <clears throat> And all at once I knew, I knew at once, I knew
2: he needed me. What number? I'm going to pick number nine.
1: Number nine. I've got nine light cycles leaping. Nine light cycles leaping. What's that going to be about?
2: Light cycles.
1: Light cycles. They're leaping. They're light cycles, Nancy.
2: That
1: sounds like Star Wars, but I know it's not. It's not Star Wars. It's Tron. Tron. Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy. Remember that? Ten years ago, everyone got excited. There was a new Tron movie out. What do you remember of Tron Legacy? I
2: remember boys caring about it because I was 15 at the time.
1: Yeah. So. Did you go and see it? No. (laughs) No? No. Exactly. Not a great deal of people <laughs> did. I mean, you know, right. did.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, it's it's a sort of a strange one. The original Tron was made in 1982, in which Jeff Bridges gets squizzled down to a bite size and has to find his way out of a computer. He gets stuck in the code and he's throwing frisbees. Remember the frisbees, Nancy? What, do I
2: remember frisbees
1: in general? Well, no, the frisbees from Tron. You must have seen that frisbee Tron.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. Tron frisbee. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, they made a sequel. Disney made a sequel in 2010. They were kind of dipping their toes in the franchise market before chomping up Lucasfilm and Marvel. Marvel, (laughs) marbles. they chomped down on some marbles and thereby pretty much eradicating the need to make Tron 3. The cast was pretty good. Jeff Bridges was back in it. Olivia Wilde's in it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Garrett Headland and Michael Sheen, of course. But the best thing about it was the Daft Punk soundtrack. It was a really good soundtrack. It was such a good soundtrack. It got its own remix album in 2011. And from that, I'm going to play a track by the Glitch Mob. It's a whole bunch of glitches that have gathered together like a West Side Story style mob and they've done a remix of Drest, So they've glitched up something that was de in the first place. It's outrageous. Damn it. Boom. Right. I don't know what that leaves us with. One. Is that it? I don't know. We've done everything else. Oh, we haven't done 12. Um, we haven't done one, and we ain't done 12. I said one. One. When we're doing 12 Days of Christmas, what is one? Uh, one. What's the first day of Christmas? Partridge in a pear tree. Partridge in a pear tree. I've got you one pig in a blanket. Oh. One pig in a blanket. What What do you think that might be? Um, a pig in a blanket. It's
0: uh, delicious
1: foodstuff. Delicious food stuff.
0: Or is it babe? It's babe. <gasps> it's babe. Oh. babe. Babe.
1: Oh, my word. Do you know, I've not seen babe for a long time, but I used to watch babe a lot. Yeah. Do you know when babe was released? What year?
2: Uh, 90s sometime. I don't know. 1990.
1: Nancy, you were just a babe. Christmas 1995. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't born. It was just like a tiny little... You were born.
2: I was in utero. Oh,
1: I thought you were born in ninety nine. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Sorry.
2: 1995,
1: Christmas. Yeah, I was born. I was yeah, exactly. Yeah. Come on, get with the programme. No. You were here. I'm getting hungry.
2: You were with us. And my mind isn't working.
1: <laughs> hey, look, it's December, man. But
2: I love Babe. I grew up with Babe and Charlotte's Web. Both pig-based films. Yeah. <laughs> both sad.
1: Oh, man. Alison, your thoughts on Babe? The guy playing the farmer does an amazing job. What well, do you want to know what's cool about that? The guy that played Farmer Hoggett, James Cromwell, off the back of this film... <laughs> He not only became a vegan, wow. but also became really heavily involved in animal rights. Oh. He's been arrested by the cops twice oh. for protesting for animal rights. Wow. That's two fingers to the fence. Wow. All because of Babe.
2: I an amazing story.
1: And also, do you remember the piece of music? Just as we got with the Barbara Seville marriage of Figaro, let's get confused with a bit of classical music here. Do you recall the piece of music that they use in Babe? No, it's not. So you know that lovely moment? Where I normally see it in a fog because tears are streaming down my face. But the bit where Farmer Hoggett sings to him, if I have the words to tell you. Oh. And then he starts dancing around with Babe when Babe's really sad. But when
2: he's in a blanket. No, because it's actually so sad.
1: I know, isn't it? But it's nice as well because he gets, well, it's a spoiler, but he gets better. He gets better. It's okay. Yeah, he's all right. Well, that was from Saint Somme's Mystoso. Tosso?
2: I mean those that it was like you were made to say it.
1: Exactly from his organ symphony number three in C minor. Hey man, do you fancy a bit of that?
0: Love a bit of organ. I really would. I really a like
1: Sansons. If you can't have a blast of Samsons at Christmas, when can you have a blast of Samsons? Never
0: 365
1: days a year. Hey, that was festive, wasn't it? Do you feel a bit of a Christmassy tingle listening to that? Yeah. Good. Jingle. Right. Well, hey, we did actually miss out 10. Who did we? 10 is 10 Leafs Alighting. 10 Leafs Alighting. Do you know what that is? No. Uh, leaf is the, is it an acronym? Or what is it when it's like a, a bunch of letters that make a word? That's an acronym. That's an acronym. There you go. Look, see, I do know stuff and everything. You do. It's great. All right. Um, 10 Leafs Alighting. Leaf is the London East Asia Film Festival 2020, Oh, right? That's LEAF. There's two Fs at the end, but apart from that, it's LEAF. If you pronounce it a different way, I don't want to know. So there are 10 films from all over Asia, Taiwan, Japan, Korea. So, you know, the year kicked off with Parasite. Maybe there's another Parasite in the pack there.
2: Yeah, there's some great South Korean cinema, if you're not aware of it. There's some amazing Old Boys, one of my favourite films still, The Handmaiden, really cool stuff. I don't know if it's what's part of it, but definitely check that out. That sounds amazing. I'm going to.
1: It's the London East Asia Festival. So it's not London East. It's central London, showing out places like the Odeon Leicester Square, the Sydney World Leicester Square, and Selfridges. You can go and see a film at Selfridges, go and do your shopping, look at the Christmas displays and then go and see a film from East Asia. When is it on? When is it on, Alison? It started today, the 10th of December and it runs until the 13th, so you need to get there immediately. I would suggest as soon as you finish listening to this programme, you run, don't walk, run to central London. I'll Google link immediately. Google that, is that's the London East Asia Film Festival, 10 Leafs Alighting we're back and it's hard to look back on this year with a great deal of perspective when it comes to memorable films because you know we just got the year started and then we couldn't go anymore, remember?
2: Oh, I remember. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, you remember. But it's still good to reflect and we've had lots of chat about it over the past twelve months. So Nancy, you know, we chatted Parasite, Tiger King, Love Is Blind, Harlots, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm. You know, what remained highlights for you?
2: Well, there's been some great telly, so I'll say that first. I think I loved Harlots, even though that's kind of old, it's not actually from this year. Loved Harlots. Loved I May I May Destroy You is great. Everyone needs to see it if they haven't already. Normal People, lovely. A really great TV series and a great novel, and that was very much associated with this year and lockdown. That was a really lovely thing that we all got to have at that beginning, weird, scary stage, was this nice, intimate love story. And then films Parasite is just amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I mean, if you're stressed, maybe don't check it out, but it is wonderful. It's maybe not a Christmas film, but who cares? It's still excellent. And Tiger King was maybe, what did, what did we say? It was not necessarily the series we wanted, the series we deserved.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: exactly. Um, so those those are my highlights, I think. Sorry, there's a few there, but you
1: know. Hey Matt, you should always have a few highlights. Why have one highlight when you can have 12? A
2: rare moment of optimism, see? Exactly. Look, there's still loads that came out
0: this year. I agree with Nancy in that TV has saved us this year. And I would think a highlight for me and for a lot of people throughout the world is Schitt's Creek. It quite deservedly won all the awards this year. Its final series was just beautiful. Oh, it is a wonderful series and it's perfect for right now. And another highlight for me, I would say, would be the series Ghosts, which finished filming its second series just before lockdown. So they just got it all wrapped.
1: Well, this is the original cast of Horrible Histories, basically.
0: Yeah, that group of people, they've written and created it, but also in it are Katie Wicks and Lolly Adafope. And it is so entertaining. A lot of people are saying, I'd agree, it's a rare example of a sitcom all the family can properly enjoy. And we've all got to look forward to, I think it's Christmas Eve, the Christmas special. Oh, Film-wise, what stayed with me, I think, was Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of those quite sort of slow-building but very distinctive and mesmerising films that, you know, you watch at the time and you think, oh, nothing much is happening, but then you find yourself thinking about it.
2: Oh, yeah, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, I, I didn't include. Definitely, definitely. That's still with me. I want to re-watch that. Yeah. We should all go to some kind of remote French island and just you know,
1: paint. Light fire and dance around in front of it. Have a lovely sing song. We could do the kangaroo hop in front of that fire. That'd be good. Uh,
2: That's a different film, that.
1: (laughs) Combine the two, exactly.
2: You're ruining the French ambiance.
1: Well, we sing it in French, it's fine. We'll sing it in French. We'll slow the tempo down. It'll be like a melancholy refrain, it'd be nice. (laughs) Right, I've had some truly wonderful times this year with you two. Oh. Absolutely great laughs and beautiful conversations. I mean, what a, a mad year, but it's been an absolute honour to be able to share it with you and do this month upon month as the years developed. You know, I'm going to look back on the stuff we've recorded with such affection and it's been such an important part of this year, really. It's been one of the things I've absolutely looked forward to. Every single month.
2: Oh, the Oscar speech there. That was lovely.
1: Thank you all so much for your time and commitment. It's always been, and it always is, an honour and a pleasure spending time with you. So thank you. I also need to thank everyone at Soho Radio. Yeah. Especially Rachel, Elsie and Will, who've been doing such an incredible work, keeping everything running like clockwork during these crazy times. Mm-hmm. And lastly, I need to say thank you to you, the listener, if you have stuck with us regularly or just stumbled across us, we've hopefully amused you, played you some amazing tunes and suggested a few things worth watching. So I want to play one last track for you this year. This year. Ladies, this year. Oh, and I want to dedicate it to my co-hosts, without whom Pop Teak would be poorer, Nancy D. Matthews and Alison Dennison, thank you very much. This is Marie Basharou with Joyride. And the ride with you two has always been... A joy. <laughs> love it. Merry Christmas and a happy flipping 2021 to you. Happy New Year. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It's
2: going to be better.
0: Yellow mellow, don't forget where you came from love, don't you forget to remember when your days were ice cold.